Well, it was great to um, be a part of the trip in Belize. Um, to them, uh, winter is a foreign, foreign uh, word. I tried to start out my uh, thoughts and bring that across. I don't know how, how that really went over. Uh, snow, no, don't know what that is. They may uh, identify it with ice, so I tried to word ice. An interpreter was struggling to um, interpret winter. He couldn't pull that out. So um, it's interesting how much, though, you can communicate, um, even in a foreign place, um, expressive, uh, using your hands, uh, pointing, or trying to draw pictures somehow. <laughs> and, uh, so awesome, awesome opportunity. But I alluded to the um, uh, some of the people's uh, humility, and uh, it touched my heart to um, come in, uh, see people, young people, children with families, um, uh, kneeling and, and they're on a concrete floor now, kneeling down. And it wasn't. Um, I don't think they thought anything of it. Uh, it's just something they were, I think, taught. I think the pastor role modeled it and taught his people that. Uh, this is what we do. My house shall be a house of prayer. And uh, just to see the humility in the, in the pastor's heart, um, just an awesome opportunity. So today is Father's Day, and we have guests for all the father and guys, okay? So don't feel free, feel free if you're not a guy uh, to take a gift as a, a candy bar, okay? That's a traditional Hershey's chocolate candy bar um use your own discretion on how much you can eat before lunch and whatever you want to do with that it's yours so um we got a lot carrie had a lot of faith she bought more than i think we'll need but that's okay they good they go good down the roads so praise the lord genesis is our text today on chapter 22 we're going to kind of look at the story of uh <coughs> abraham and isaac uh the offering of Actually, uh, a, um, a story that is truly, truly one of the unbelievable faith stories in the Bible. And a little bit about Abraham. Abraham's father, we don't know a lot about. His name was Terah. Um, we don't know a lot about what possibly he worshipped. Possibly Abraham's father worshipped heathen gods. So I don't know where Abraham made a clean break. But evidently, God revealed himself to Abraham. I think Abraham got it. He was convinced. When I, when I read the story of Abraham, when God spoke, Abraham listened. Abraham obeyed whatever God told him to do. And so isn't that a lesson for us? Whatever God tells us to do, right, we should do it. How many agree with that? Good for you. We're on the right track. So Abraham, Abraham actually means father of nations, father of many. Uh, interesting how God uh, uses names. It's intentional, uh, represents meaning, uh, represents uh, value. And so before we get to the 22nd chapter, I want to just uh, a little bit of background. Uh, I'm just going to point out a couple of verses in previous chapters, uh, there was a uh, couple of times where, where Abraham built an altar that was recorded at least. 
And I want to say that I think that Abraham was familiar and knew how to build an altar. He knew how to arrange the wood. He knew how to prepare the sacrifice. And in chapter uh, 12, uh, it was after God had spoke to him and told him about how that he was going to bless him. He was going to um, bless him beyond. He was going to bless Sarah, his wife. And he gave him the promise. And after all that, verse 8, he comes down, and there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Interesting enough, we, when we think of altar uh, in church, we sometimes think, well, if there's a need, I will go to the altar. But you don't have to have a need to go to the altar. All you, know, all you, all you have to say is, I need God, right? Everyone needs God, so everyone should come to the altar. Amen? Everyone should become to be familiar with just going because I need God. You may not have a need right now, but maybe down the road you will. And the truth of the matter is we always need God. Even when things are going pretty well. In fact, of the matter is, if things are going pretty well, you might want to say, well, brace yourself. There's probably something coming. So it doesn't last always very long. And forgive me if I start speaking like uh, the Belizean people because they kind of make it short and choppy. So I picked it up a little bit. Like a where you go, like stuff like that. Heavy trowel, right? And so Abraham in chapter 15 had built another altar at this time. At this particular time, he was bringing, he brought the, 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 the sacrifice and he laid the two halves open. And in verse 11, it says, The birds of prey came down upon the carcasses, and Abraham drove them away. Let's just think about this. Sometimes when you build an altar for God or lay something on the altar, the enemy wants to come and try to pick at your sacrifice or begin to sow seeds of doubt. If he can get you to stop going to the altar, bringing a sacrifice to God, then he is getting you down. He get the upper hand. But Abraham drove them away. We've got to push the enemies out of our life. We've got to push the doubts, the fears, the inadequacies, the things that we say, well, that could never happen. There's a little doubt and a little human humanness that we all have. How, how many are human today? At the time you have a little doubt. But faith cometh by hearing, right? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. So when you hear the word of the Lord, faith begins to rise. And so Abraham drove the birds of prey away. By this time, God is doing something special. God is teaching Abraham to trust in him. But the test, the real, real test is coming. You see, what God prepares you maybe earlier in life, your trials that you went through earlier in life are preparing you for something perhaps even more. Uh, testing later on in life. God is never through with us. God is always bringing us from glory to glory to level to level. There's no end to where we're going to go with God. This is just the beginning here on the earth. He has called us to walk in obedience. So Genesis 22, now this is the story. Abraham was called by God to offer his son Isaac, which in the natural would make no sense 
in the natural will make no sense. He is actually calling Abraham to offer the, the only son, the son that would through him, Isaac, would become the nations. It was the promised child. It didn't make sense, but we'll read the story. Now, it came about after these things that God tested Abraham, Genesis 22.1, and said to him, Abraham, I like how God calls his name. God knows your name. And God, before he speaks, gets your attention. Interesting. Is God getting your attention? Abraham, and he said, Abraham goes, here I am. It's almost like he said, I report for duty. Attention. And he stands waiting to hear. And he said, God says, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering, as one of the mountains of which I will tell you. Listen. When God speaks to us, he doesn't always tell us the whole picture. Why is that? I think it's because of the faith that's required. Faith pleases God. Hebrews tells us that. Without faith, we cannot please God. If you don't know all the details, you're in, you're in a good place. But you're trusting God because he knows all the details. I would rather probably not know all the details of my life. Having to know a trial and waiting for it would be worse than the trial itself. Can you kind of clue in a little bit? Not knowing about tomorrow necessarily doesn't mean that we're walking nearsighted. We're walking by faith. We're walking not by sight, Paul said to the Corinthians. We're not walking with the understanding, the proverb says, but we're leaning upon God. When we don't have an answer, and Abraham didn't have an answer, we'll read it on. So Abraham rose early, verse 3. It's almost like he's moved, responsible. He arose early. Reflective. There's so many types here that we can go different directions. When I say type, I mean types of Christ, types of uh, windows into our coming Lord. Okay? Jesus would rise early and meet with his Father. Look at this. Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of the, his young men with him, and Isaac, his son, and he split wood. For the burnt offering. Can't you just see him? Splitting the wood. Making it fine. In another place it said, Abraham arranged the wood. He knew what it was to look like. He was familiar. He was well trained. He was experienced. And so they went to the place of which God had told him. Verse 4, on the third day Abraham raised his eyes. Now this is three days in. No conversation that we know about until later. There probably was, but probably not a lot. Just by faith, just trudging on. One foot in front of the other. Probably going uphill. 
kind of like to the Mayan ruins the team went to on a certain day. Some of you guys remember that? A little bit of a stretch, but they kept on. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. How did he know? Because he was listening to God. God was telling him, this is not it. This is to keep going, keep going. Keep, keep. Have you ever been on a, uh, a, a, trying to make a decision in your life? And it, it doesn't feel right. It just doesn't click. It doesn't settle with your spirit. It doesn't resonate within your inner man. But you keep praying about it. You keep trusting, seeking God. And eventually, this feels right. This feels like God. This feels, this is the place. This is the place where God leads us it makes it a special place. What God gives to us and how we earn our living, it makes it special. It makes it tailor-made. It is unique. It fits uh, into God's plan. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here. Stay here with the donkey. I and the lad will go yonder, and we will worship and return to you. Listen. I don't think Abraham had the full plan yet. He was expecting to go there and worship and then come back and pick up the young, the young people and the donkey. And Abraham, verse 6, took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it on Isaac, his son. Type, again, type of our Lord Jesus carrying the cross down to the, to the place of crucifixion. Jesus carried his own cross at least for a part of the time until he was so exhausted he fell he could not carry his cross. And he laid it on him and he, ha he took in his hand the fire and the knife. And so the two of them walked on together and Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb? for the burnt offering. Isaac is starting to wonder, where's the offering? Not, not, not understanding yet fully uh, the whole picture. Isaac is asking a question that I don't think Abraham was yet really able to, to give an answer, but what he says was mind-blowing, and we learned it in Sunday school class, and here we'll read it. Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Interesting. God will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. The father sent his son, his only son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The father is saying to Isaac, the Lord will provide. How many know what that word means in Jehovah Jireh? Our God will provide. Paul said to the Philippian church, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. God has more than he, we can ever handle. God has, and he owns it all. God has all the provision for your earthly needs now. All your provision is made already ready for you in heaven. Your provision is already uh, 
being taken into account. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, and you're going to live forever and forever with him when you know Jesus. And we don't have to get caught up in all the details and all the stuff that sometimes we wonder, well, we've got to have this and got to have that. Less almost is better when we know Jesus. When stuff is, begins to get into its place, stuff doesn't get a hold of us. We, we, we are able to manage that which God gives to us. Now Abraham's beginning to follow through, and they came to the place which God had told them, verse 9. And look at this. Now Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. And Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not stretch out your hand against the lad. Do not think nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And he raised his eyes to look, and behold, a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. Abraham went, took the ram, and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his son. What is, what is the point of this story? What is this part of, what do we take away from this? I'm not saying God will ever ask us to do something like this. I don't know if I could pass that test. To be honest with you. It would have to be the grace of God. See, I, I, have a, I have a feeling that Abraham was trusting God. No matter what you say, I will do it. Even if a son dies, I believe he had a resurrection. He had, a, he had belief in God that his son would live again. Whether, that, whether that's really the case or not, Abraham was just so obedient. He was just so willing to, to follow through. God was testing him. God said, that's enough. You have convinced me that you are sold out. You have passed the test. See, friends, God is looking upon our hearts even today. God sees into our hearts what maybe we're hanging on to, what maybe the things that we're leaning on, what maybe the things that we have maybe uh, become, to, become almost uh, something that we think about even more than God. And God is saying to us, I want to be on the throne of your heart. I want to be in that place where nothing else matters. See, you love your children. You love your grandkids. But God has to be before them. And when you put that in perspective, when God is the number one in your, in your heart, that reflection for your love for God, your God's love for you will begin to rub off on your, your kids and on your grandkids. I would venture to say, what is it that I can tell dads that they need to do most? It would be this, to love God with all your heart. Be passionate about the things of God. You cannot only tell your kids how to live. You must demonstrate. You must walk the walk. You must demonstrate the word of God to them. 
kids will pick up on your passion. Kids will pick up on what is it that you get excited about. What is it that you're passionate about? And kids begin to learn. And so oftentimes, kids want to do what their dads are doing when they're little especially. They want to be like their dads. If the dad is in the home and the dad is treating his kids right and loving on them and being a role model, loving his wife, and dad is loving, one of the things you can do uh, is fathers love your wives. Husbands love your wives. That's one of the things you can role model. In a society that we live in today, we need dads to step up and say, I am committed to this family. I will be there. I will I will uh, give of myself. Abraham. What did God ask of Abraham? Ask probably the most hardest thing you could think of is to take his son, not only his son, but his only son, the son that was promised to him. It did not make sense to him. It did not add up in his own thinking, but he didn't question. You never see Abraham arguing or questioning. It's just to find it. An amazing faith. Yet Abraham was not perfect. Earlier in his life, after he was asked to leave his country, he was afraid that Pharaoh would see his wife and said, Pharaoh will look at my wife and, and want my wife, so I'm going to tell the people that you're my sister. God was upset with Abraham that he lied. See, we're not finished yet. Just because Abraham passed this test doesn't mean he always passed every test. The fact of the matter is we will sometimes fail the test. But don't think that God just gives up on you. God will not give up on you. He will come again. And let's learn. Let's go at it a different way angle. Let's go back at it again. Let's go through this again. Are you, uh, if you can think back to any teachers growing through school, maybe that were patient with you. I remember a particular um, instructor in college. He was retired, and he was voluntarily uh, teaching. At that time, it was um, algebra, and I had to take that course, and algebra and me never got along even in high school. Uh, I got to math okay, but what's all this stuff here that A equals this divided by that, and da 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 and he would sit down with the individual. There would be a line. The kids were coming to him to help understand. And he would just patiently go through each one, never feeling in a hurry. You felt like you were just special. God is so much like that. He listened. He doesn't throw you away when you fail. He doesn't throw you out or kick you out. You... Uh, may feel guilty and even shamed and feel like, oh, Lord, now I can't even talk. And daughters say, you need to go. We need to have time together. I can help you now. Now is the time when you need to call him a name. God asks Abraham to take a, a hard thing, his only son, and sacrifice. But Abraham obeyed. He says uh, he rose early. He believed the Lord. He, he reckoned, it was, says in Genesis 15, 6, that 
that he believed the Lord and it was reckoned to him as right as righteousness. Paul in Romans alluded to that verse when he was talking about the subject of, of the law and he mentions Abraham, how he believed, and it was reckoned unto him as righteousness. Even before the Old Testament letter of the law, it was required that they will walk by faith. It was still a relationship that God was wanting with his people. All from the beginning, he wanted to commune with us. We see it in the Garden of Eden, and he placed them in the garden, but he would walk with them in the particular time that they sinned. What happened with Adam and Eve, they've hid themselves because they were ashamed, right? Sin causes us to be ashamed, but Jesus comes in his grace and his mercy and says, I will take away your sin. If you will confess, if you will look to me, if you will admit to sin, I will take it away. What a God do we serve? So often I hear in the world, oh, I've done too many things, I've done too many wrong things. God could never, I would never make it. God is... You know, you have, you don't know my God. My God is merciful. Yes, he's so merciful, yet he came himself. He came down to Jesus. He lived among us. He walked among us. He was tempted in all things as we are. He agonized. Jesus himself was familiar with the altar. Remember when he broke in, in the Garden of Gethsemane and when he was said, Lord, is there any other way? He was feeling the weight of it all. But Jesus died to himself. I would often say Jesus was already dead to himself before he was ever placed on the cross. He had already settled it with God. You see, friends, when we build an altar, and I want before this message to somehow drive this home that you don't have to be in a church to go to the altar. Wherever you are at, you can make an altar in your heart. What does that mean? That means you take the time and you begin to talk to God. And then you begin to listen. Lord, help me to hear what you're saying. You can be driving down the road and you can be building an altar, communing with God. You can be riding on the lawnmower to shut yourself in with God. You can be doing your daily routines through the household. It's just so simple, but yet we have to train ourselves to what is it, what is it that I'm focusing? My mind is a battlefield. I am bombarded many times by many thoughts, many responsibilities, many what... Uh, this and this and this, and sometimes we, we lay out our whole day and, and, and all of a sudden, we, oh yeah, Lord, come on, let's go. <laughs> what? And it, means, it needs to be the other way. Okay, Lord, I got all this stuff to do. I can't do, I'm overwhelmed, but God, I, I need you more than ever. God, I need to hear what you're saying. Maybe there's some things I need to know and understand. Fill up, fill up. In the presence of the Lord. An altar is a place we often recognize it as a sacrifice, a place of surrendering, a place of maybe making a commitment. But there's also an altar that we come because just because he is. 
just because he said, come, I'm going to come, just because he said, uh, I want you to spend time with me. I, I have something to show you fresh and anew, and it's so beautiful to be quick to hear, as James said it, and be slow to speak. Ecclesiastic described when you go to the house of God, is don't be quick to bring up a matter. What is he saying? Don't be just thinking about everything else, but be thinking about me. Bring yourself before the Lord. See, in Belize, I was, it was rekindled. It was a kindling that was in my, as I saw these families come in and begin to kneel. That, that was one of the most touching things. I, I remembered back then 30 years earlier when I was in Belize before. Oh, yeah, these people pray. These people are hungry, and they're not ashamed. Awesome. Kindled something in my spirit, man. And to see our kids in front of other children. They stepped up. Joe and Twilight, they stepped up. Joe preached too. He didn't, he didn't say that, but he preached a message. In fact, he uses, he uses, I didn't tell you this, Joe, but you used the same verses that I was thinking about using. And, you know, through the day, because he spoke about as much as you've done it unto the least of them, when you feed children, when you visit me, when I was sick, harmonize right in with what was going on. And God used Joe in that word. You see, Kyle and his carrying loads, he was the guy, he was like the ox that carried the bulk of, of the blocks that, down a half a block or whatever. It's excruciating work under heat. And he just kept plugging along. And he was so excited to be there with Braden. And Braden stepped up. He was one of the funniest clowns. I never got to see him, but he was a talk. He was one of the funniest clowns. It was a good time. You see, here in America, the same God looks down here today. The same God looks down in Belize. The same God looks down over there uh, wherever and the other states across our world, the God of all the universe and Chronicle says his eyes move to and fro, looking for a heart whom he may fill. Abraham was one of those people. And Abraham somehow got connected. Somehow God brought him in and developed that relationship that there was a foundation like none other that Abraham was willing to slay his only son. Unbelievable, supernatural power from God. But God said, you don't have to do that. I see your heart. You see, there's some things here today that per perhaps we're, we need to uh, surrender up to the Lord. Abraham trusted God in, in spite of questioning him. Jesus said, when you look at the birds of the air. They don't sow. Neither do they reap. Nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much are you not worth much more than they? Think about that. What is on your heart today? What is it that weighs you down, perhaps? Perhaps we need to understand a fresh sense of the fact that God wants us 
to build an altar, to come and place ourselves before him and say, Lord, I have weaknesses, but you are the God of all heaven, the God of all strength, the God of all grace. You give new beginnings. You help us to start afresh. You give us eternal life. That eternal life starts even now. That we're going to live all eternity, but that's not something we're waiting for. That starts 